Big wins and payouts are what you're chasing But all the games are getting intimidating You're feeling anxious, hearing your heart racing Just tune in to Cash Considerations This is Cash Considerations We are Cash Considerations With sports wages, you gotta have patience Just tune in to Cash Considerations Welcome back players You are now tuned into Cash Considerations my name is David Griffin, a.k.a. your boy D. Griff, and joining me as always is my main man, Dave Sherapan. How are you, my friend? As always, Griff, I am fired up. We are coming off a smoking week Ooh. off the pro show from our big three and three, and uh, college stuff was good last week. College was on point, week. yep. Yeah, ro- rivalry week. week. I can't even say it, brother, but <laughs> I know... It's exciting, and we got a lot of games to dive into and bring in our next guest. There we go, man. What a perfect segue. Um, He's becoming somewhat of a regular on our Tuesday college football show, and it's because he's just so good at what he does. Please, everybody, welcome in Motoy, a.k.a. Mo Money. What's the deal? What's going on? What's going on? Thanks for having me back. You know, always a pleasure. All right, let's see if you can say it. Can you say Rivalry Week one time for us? Rivalry Week. There we go. It's Look going at that enunciation right there. The excitement <laughs> is real. I love it. Yeah, man. Big week. Big week. Yeah, this is a good week. All types of rivalry all across the board. Um, I got a good rivalry that I want to jump into, one I've been to several times. Uh, but before before we jump headfirst into this college football action, I just got to brag a little bit. We talked about it on our last show. Um, I love college basketball. I've been trying to give out a college basketball pick every show, and I am 2-0 so far. So I got another college basketball pick for you. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I know all you guys hate college basketball, the other guys on the show, but I love it. So the team that I'm looking for, this is going to be for tomorrow. It's on Wednesday. It's a later game. It doesn't start till 5 p.m., so you got a little bit of time to get it in. It's St. Louis. They're playing against Detroit Mercy and they're minus 11 and a half and the reason why I love St. Louis is that Detroit Mercy is just awful they're terrible they give up they're they give up like a hundred points a game they're they're playing in what is basically a tournament so they've already played similar they've already played the same teams Detroit has lost to Seattle and they've lost to Virginia Tech and St. Louis has already beat both of those teams so that right there will let you know that St. Louis is definitely the better team. It's 11 and a half. That's not a lot in college basketball. Trust me, especially when you got one team that's so much better than the other like this is. I'm expecting St. Louis to score in the upwards of 80, and I don't think that uh, that Detroit's going to get to the 60s. So go ahead. Rock with me there. You guys have rocked with me the last two games, and I've given you winners. Rock with me one more time. And then that's all I got to say. How's my timer? Is my time up, Dave, or what? No, man, that was good stuff. I mean, you've been on these mismatches uh, so far all this season, and I just took a quick look, and Detroit Mercy's two wins were against Michigan-Dearborn. Who even (laughs) knew they had a team? And then the Houston Baptist Huskies. Um, Not really quality opponents. No, sir. I'm going to guess that they're they're, going to be uh, outmanned, outmatched, and run off the court. I say side with Griff. If you guys need a college basketball action, you got to take uh, you got to take St. Louis in this one. 
Yeah, man. Rock with me. Let's go for three three in a row. Alright, well, I just wanted to get that out really quick. You know, get it get it popping. And then now we can go ahead and jump right into the rivalry reek as it's so greatly coined. And get right to this football action. So they they actually got like some really real deal serious games on Friday this week, which is which is great. You know what I mean? Get get to it a little bit faster. Alright, so yeah, we got two games that we're gonna want to focus on for Friday. The first matchup is gonna be the game Dave's gonna love to watch. It's uh 131-132, Miami at Pitt at Pittsburgh, Miami's minus fourteen. How excited are you to see your your Pittsburgh get whooped on by Miami, Dave? I can't see it any other way. I'm I'm glad Mo's here for the show, and hopefully he'll shed some light on me why I might want to look at taking Pitt because I can't see it. Pitt hasn't played well against elite defenses, and I'm going to say it, after Notre Dame and the turnover chain, I'm a fan. They had a letdown last week a little bit defensively against Virginia. Forget about it for me here. The total is interesting. It's going to come out around 52. Miami's 8-2 and two to the under. Pitt is 8-2-1 and one to the under. Ooh. So I expect the better defense to hold down the very mediocre offense of Pitt and Miami to win the game and cover. So it's a hard, it's a hard lay for me as far as the total, but the totals in the 50s go under and Miami. Mo, I know you love this Miami team. What do you got? Uh, it's funny. Uh, Pittsburgh's played pretty tough in the last few games. Uh, I mean, they've had a pretty ridiculous season from the start. Uh, total flip over from you know what Miami's been doing. Uh, I can't see Pittsburgh doing too much offensively that Miami hasn't really seen. Uh, it's kind of just uh, where Miami is uh, mentally, uh, especially uh you know, being these last two couple games, they kind of hit a bump in the road against Virginia. I just think mentally going into the end of the season, Miami's going to be ready to get into the ACC championship, and uh, they should be able to get it done uh, by at least two touchdowns. So I'm seeing it, you know, somewhere within that spread, but Miami should uh, win this one easily. Well, there you go. Hey, honestly, I'm right there with you guys. I think this is a, a mismatch. I'm assuming it's only 14 because they're in Pittsburgh, but... Them boys look bad in Miami. They are back. The U is back, baby. Well, we looked ahead to the weather forecast as well, and it's going to be balmy in Pittsburgh in November, and we're talking like a high of like 55. So we don't have to worry about snow, and we definitely don't have to worry about anybody being at the game. There's going to be a lot of empty seats in Heinz Field, so no home field advantage for Pitt in this one. I think Miami rolls. There we go. We're going to go ahead and rock with that. I like it. Sign, seal, and deliver it. All right, the next game on Friday, that's going to be a, a, a surprisingly good one. Like, at the beginning of the season, I don't think anybody was like, oh, man, this is going to be a marquee matchup late. But it's surprisingly a good one. It's 137-138, South Florida at Central Florida, Central Florida minus 11. And if I'm not mistaken, Central Florida is undefeated. Is not, am, I, am I right, Mo, or what? Correct. Oh, you're correct. They're rolling, baby. They're rolling. Okay, so Central Florida isn't really known to be a powerhouse type football school. Is there? Are they legit, or have they had what like a weaker schedule? Like, what should we expect out of this game? Uh, well, as far as I know, from what I was reading about earlier in the year, uh, before the season started, um, I kind of marked them down as a team, maybe like a year away 
uh, Scott Frost had a, a lot of things going with that offense. Um, he learned a lot with his time at Oregon, coaching there for the moment. Um, but, yeah, they came out of the gates against Florida International, won by about 50. And then uh, I think it was around the time when they were beating up on Maryland on the road uh, where I figured that, you know, they might have a shot to be something special and they still have not lost a game yet. Um, just in that time in general, speaking of myself last week, I faded them against, I bet Temple, and it could have been maybe the top three worst bets I've made all year. It's not <laughs> even a joke. Holy <laughs> smokes. You weren't the only one on Temple. Everybody oh, was on Temple. I, uh, I woke up, it, it was 10-7, and I remember I was kind of nodding to myself, like, okay, like, we're in, we're in it. And I, I couldn't even refresh it quick enough to see it, uh, the score jump to 31-10. to 10, So my phone almost went flying out of my window. <laughs> Otherwise, on the game, uh, Charlie Strong's, you know, done a great job with South Florida. They're a, you know, crew full of seniors, and, you know, he took the job for a reason, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up selling it with Central Florida, man. I can't fade him again. I like what Scott Frost has done. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the I'm gonna roll with UCF for sure. All right, where are you at on this one, Dave? Do you know very much about Central Florida and South Florida? Or? So we dove in, did a little research here on the American Athletic Conference, which is the conference that both of these teams are in. Mm-hmm. Central Florida straight up is ten and zero. South Florida's nine and one. This is for all the marbles in the conference. Um, like most said, Central Florida, they've been favored every game this season except that game at Maryland. They were four-and-a-half-point dogs. They won 38-10. to 10. South Florida has been a double-digit favorite every game this season. And the only loss they have was at home against Houston. They were favored by 10. They lost 28-24 to 24 in a really good game. And that was their lowest offensive output of the season. It's very surprising to me that they're catching this many points. Um, the lines makers caught up to central Florida and they, you know, they've only covered once in their last four times out. The number seems a little high here. I'm thinking if you want to watch a good game back and forth, expect the team to have the ball last to win it. I think you side with the dog in this one. That's what I'm looking at. I don't know very much about either one of these teams. So just listening to your two arguments, I'm going to be the deciding factor and I'm going to go with you, Dave. You got 11 points. I'm always going to be willing to take the points. And when you got a team like Central Florida, who I just has never really been known to be a football powerhouse, um, I think South Florida should be able to make it a game. Like you said, they've been favorites in almost all their games. They have they've had one really bad game so far. I don't see them getting blown out. This is rivalry week. It's going to be a close game. Take the plus eleven. Just make sure you keep refreshing your phones. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a Don't. lot of points scored. Yeah, <laughs> when when South Florida goes up 10-0, just just keep refreshing it and see what happens. But I no, I, I agree with taking the points. I just I'm just going to side with Scott Frost on this one. But I do agree with those. Uh, those are great points. Yeah, uh, I, I'm in agreement with it. I love taking dogs, but I just can't go against what uh what I've already thought. So. Hey, yeah, I can't get yeah. mad at that. That's happened to me too many times in this game. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I hear you. Well, we got a top five for Saturday, so this is going to be good. We're going to move on to one of those. We got uh, what is what? One of the most classic rivalries in all of sports. We got 151-154 Ohio State at Michigan. Ohio State minus 12. I don't need to to state just what kind of uh, motivation is going to be behind this game right here. 
I'm looking at it quickly though, and I'm saying, can Michigan can Michigan even give them a game though at this point? Like they've just looked so bad the last couple of weeks that it almost seems they're to a point where you hate to say it about a a, a Jim Harbaugh coach team where it's like they're giving up. I, I think you have to rock with Ohio State and. But what do you guys think? I'll jump in here. The, the The Michigan quarterback situation has been their Achilles heel all season. They mm-hmm. cannot score enough points to get it done against elite defenses. Now, I'm not saying Ohio State is an elite defense, but Michigan last week against Wisconsin, man, their defense played really, really well. Just couldn't sustain it long enough. A, a, you know, a bad turnover gave Wisconsin a short field and an easy touchdown. And they held them in the game as long as they could, but just couldn't get it done. And they only scored 10 points. So usually in this matchup, it's the dog for me, like an auto play. You just take the dog, whoever it is. But this year, I'm thinking Ohio State. I mean, other than their two home games against Oklahoma and Penn State, they were they were minus seven in those games. They've been an 18-point favorite or more in every game. Every game. Here we catch them, and I think you're getting public sentiment on the dog. I'm going to wait till the line comes down, and I think Ohio State's the side. Hey, what about you, Mo? Come in. Let's make it the trifecta. In the big house, I, I can't really figure it out. I've, I've almost absolutely given up on Michigan all year. It's just, it's a rough one for me. I didn't really have an opinion on it coming in. Brandon Peters has been somewhat of a breath of fresh air. It's just, they can't get anything going offensively. Uh, and they run it, you know, usually most of the time, which I'm looking, I think they'll have a little bit more su- success running it uh, against Ohio State than they did against Wisconsin, who kind of warmed down. I'm actually partial to taking the points at home in a big game for Michigan to salvage the season. Um, since That's I have that's the only thing I'm looking at, too, that gives me pause. Like, they're, they're going to get to a bowl game because they're Michigan, but really, isn't this their whole season? Like, is it, can you imagine what Harbaugh's telling these kids all week? Like, you know, I get you, you get to play Ohio State and really mess everything up <laughs> by, yeah, by playing this game, right? It's, it's huge. I, I, I can't understand, you know, what they've been doing all season. I know it's been a, you know, a, a travesty at quarterback, but... If they're going to play for anything, it's, it's got to be right here and right now. I mean, there's no other way around it. I We haven't seen a total yet in Vegas, again, because we, we don't put them up until Thursday. But um, I think under in this game. You know, Michigan games, against the, the three times the total was 51 or 52, there's only been three times all season where they, they've had a number in the 50s. They've all gone under. This one's going to come at 50 or 50 and a half in that neighborhood. I'd side with the under as well. Oh, wow. Um, actually, I was thinking I'd probably take the over in a game like this just because it is a little bit of a rivalry. And kind of like what you were saying, Mo, I think Michigan's going to have a little bit better time like running the ball and moving the ball a little bit. And honestly, I think Ohio State's going to go up and down on these boys. Like, it's one thing. Like, I understand, like, the motivation behind it. It's the rivalry. This is, like, the biggest part of your season, basically, if you're Michigan. But you got to think Ohio State has, like, so much more on the line that you got to be thinking, okay, what's Urban Meyer telling these boys in their locker room? I don't know, man. I think Ohio State's going to come up and want to run up and down all over them. Ohio State is eight over. and three. They're eight and three to the over, Griff. So you're you're thinking right. 
for sure. They, that's what they do. They run it up. So it's a tough call. It's a tough call either way. It is very, very much so. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next big matchup. We got Georgia minus 11 at Georgia Tech. It's 167, 168. Uh, I'm going to come to you first on this one, Mo. What do you like in this matchup? I'm going to play Georgia. I'm going to lay the points. I know it's, you know, big for the rivalry. I just figure, um, you know, they've, they've seen a lot of run-oriented offenses this year uh, in Georgia. And, you know, Paul Johnson's always got something for Georgia as far as, you know, Georgia Tech and their triple option. And they're saving stuff for this game. But I just think they're going to get wore down uh, defensively. Fromm cannot turn the ball over. I think uh, they should win comfortably uh, behind a, a couple touchdowns. See, I like that idea of, like, worn down. Well, I won't necessarily say I like it. But, Dave, didn't we have Georgia Tech last week going against Duke? And they came out and got, like, a good early lead. And then out of nowhere in the second half, Duke just literally ran them off the field. I don't know what Completely. happened Completely. Yep. Well, they turned the ball over. And once they turn the ball over a couple times and the other team scores, they can't come back. They don't, it's not like they can change everything they do. And, you know, spread it out, throw the ball, score quick. they got to run the same plays. The triple option takes time. They can't come back. And they got buried last week when they got down. Exactly. So I'm looking at this game. I agree with what you were saying, Mo Money. I think you got to go with Georgia. Georgia gets up on them uh, early in the game. And just like you just said, Dave, that's not an offense that's conducive of coming back from, uh, from early deficits. I think Georgia covers easy. What about you, Dave? I think I think it's I'm I'm gonna agree with you. We're gonna make it to trifecta here on the college show. Yes. Georgia's yeah, Georgia's yes. defense is just way better. They are gonna really Georgia Tech's gonna probably max out at what, seventeen points is what I'm looking at. <laughs> so I think Georgia gets to thirty one and that's enough. So for me, the total's gonna come around fifty one. Georgia started the season with five straight unders, but five of their last six games have gone over because they've allowed more points. This is one of those games. They're not going to allow more than 17 points. I'd also lean to the under in this one, but I for sure really like Georgia to cover the spread. There we go. The trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. You got to look out for Georgia. All right, next game on the docket, we got 193-194. It's Wisconsin minus 17 at Minnesota. I'm going to come to you first on this one, Dave. Why don't you set the scene for us in this matchup? Well, last week we had a tag Northwestern against Minnesota, and um, they shut them out 39 yeah. to nothing. And yeah. it didn't take right. It didn't take long for it to look like uh, Minnesota didn't want to be there. Started snowing. It was one of those cold games. They got down and just said, "Yeah, let's get on the bus and get out of here." <laughs> um, this matchup. They play for an axe, I think. It's one of those rivalries. It's one of the longest-running head-to-head matchups, and they play for the big axe. or some, I forget what it's called, the Paul Bunyan axe, something like that. Was, again, defense wins games late in the season like this. Wisconsin's defense is nasty. They showed it last week to the national TV audience against Michigan. They haven't allowed more than 17 points in a game except that game against Northwestern. Minnesota's offense doesn't have enough to score enough in this game. The total is only 43, which, again, (laughs) is really low. But that's what it was last week against Michigan, and it stayed under, and Wisconsin covered. Now we're going to lay a little bit more of a price. Wisconsin's 17 and, you know, not 10. But 
They figured to score 24 to 27 points. I figured Minnesota to stay uh, under, you know, in single digits, maybe a field goal or two, and Wisconsin probably wins this one pretty easily. There you go. I'm going to back you up. I'm all over Wisconsin in this game for all the reasons that you just said, and particularly Minnesota got shut out at um, by Northwestern, so I know with the nasty defense that Wisconsin has, they ain't going to be getting very many points. If Wisconsin can get to, get to 24, you're good to go, and I certainly expect that. And also I'm going to back you up with the under because if Minnesota can't score, they're more – I don't see Wisconsin putting up a 50-burger on them, so I'm going to rock with the under as well. What about you, Mo? Why don't you jump in there? Yeah, I'm I'm actually going to play Wisconsin lane 17 as well. Hard for me to lay points on the road like this, but, I mean, against, you know, inept offenses like Georgia Tech's and Minnesota's, which is a nightmare, yeah, it's just going to be way too much. I, if Wisconsin can uh, take care of the ball, uh, they're always productive, especially on the ground, and they have like 450 pound linemen all the way around that just wear you down all throughout the uh, the game. Hard for Minnesota to get anything built up. They might be packing it in. I think Wisconsin is going to finish strong, uh, uh, getting into the Big Ten championship. Here we go, another trifecta. Look at this, all this agreement. It's good. It's a little chalky, and it's unusual <laughs> for us, right? <laughs> right with, all yeah. this, with all this chalk and all the listeners out there. We usually look for reasons to take the dogs just because of the nature of the business we're in and what we see. But I have a feeling that when we're all on the side of a favorite, it's going to be a pretty good play. Just keep that in mind. Right. And there's weeks like that in this business. There's weeks like that where all the chalk comes in and the public have really good weeks. And it's tough for the guys who are making the books because sometimes you just can't make the numbers big enough. Right. All right, moving on to the next one, One of, a game that I actually like. It's 195-196, Notre Dame minus two at Stanford. Um, I like this game just because I think this is one of the ones where Notre Dame is going to bounce back and punch Stanford in the face. This is what I'm looking for. I know a couple weeks ago uh, I went out and I said ND was going to win easy against Miami, and then you guys had a good chuckle at that, and the convicts put a whooping on the Catholics. But I think this is one of those games to where Notre Dame is Notre Dame and Stanford are one of those like two teams that have like really high standards when it comes to like academics and just as like programs in general. And I think Notre Dame's going to want to go in there and really just punch them in the face and say, hey, we're the best school when it comes to all that. So this is my bounce back game for them to look good again. I'm, I'm rocking with Notre Dame. I'm going to come to you first, Mo. What do you think? Um, yeah, once again. Not too much of an opinion on the game itself. I just like Stanford in this position. If I was going to do anything, I'd probably end up taking the points at home. Uh, Dame's coming off a tough game against Navy. Uh, Wimbush has been getting rattled the last few games, and I think if you know, uh, it won't be a cure. You know, flying out to Palo Alto and you know facing uh, uh, that Stanford defense. So, uh, just in a game like this, if I could take the points for you know a home dog, I'd probably go with Stanford. Oh, great. I'm going to edit all of that out. What about you, Dave? What do you got? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, well, I'm looking at this game and I'm confused because Stanford is undefeated at home this season, 6-0, and mm-hmm. and they're 4-2 and against the number. Last week, they had a really tough game uh, against Cal. They won 17-14, to did not cover the spread. There was a big number last week too like closed i think 16 
I think it closed all the way at 14, actually, but it opened at 16. Um, and Notre Dame had a really nasty weather game, tough game against Navy. Didn't cover the spread either. They, they won 24-17, to 17, like Mo said. Um, it's a weird game for me. It's a night game at Stanford. I don't really like a side, but if I have to pick it, I'm taking Stanford at home. I just don't think that um, – I think that Miami game just took a lot out of Notre Dame, you know, ripped their heart right out. And Stanford's still playing for the Pac-12 t- uh, division that they're in. If they win and, and Washington loses or Washington State uh, loses, they're in. So they can play in the Pac-12 championship. But this, that doesn't matter in this game. But I think they still have momentum going forward. So I lean towards Stanford. I like the under – um, I think Stanford's going to play good defense, and, and, and Notre Dame's offense, like I said, got a chunk took out of them against Miami. 57 is where it's going to come around, and I like the under. Okay, yeah, I was going to throw that right in there, too. I love the under in this game, actually. Both, like you said, they're both coming off of pretty tough games. They're both coming off really low-scoring outings. And I think this is going to continue just two good defenses. Like you said, it's kind of like that weird, weird spot, weird feeling night game. I agree. I think it's going to be low scoring. They're going to try to fill each other out for the first quarter and a half. I still like like ND going to rock with him. But yeah, I'll say under. I'd like to add that uh, I meant to say David Shaw. I almost said Brian Walsh. I think I'm losing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I think I honestly think I'm losing my mind. I'm not even kidding. So I would like yeah, to add, but I think uh, I'm going to say Griff. Is yeah, it one I of those think... moments where he's saying like all oh, black guys look the same? Yeah, I, oh, just, no. I just want to know. Is that what he's is that what he oh, just did to you, on. Griff? Is that what he said? I mean, come on. Well, he's Damn like it, in a bro. I don't this is hard it's hard to even really kind of go off something. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> that's rough. That's a rough one to get into. Um but I, I thought uh the Cal game was a tune up game to get ready for Notre Dame. I wasn't even ready for the like to talk about the game. I'm losing it, but yeah, I like Stanford. I like Stanford. <laughs> Great freaking stuff. <laughs> All right, it's insane. Uh, it's insane. Well, we saved the best for last. We have the biggest matchup of the weekend, the one with the most playoff implications, the one that's really going to start that could really shake things up. This is it's number two twenty five, two twenty six. Alabama minus four at Auburn. Who sees an upset? Any either one of you see an upset boiling out there? There's no way I can go against Alabama. Okay, it's good. impossible. Yeah. There's just I, no way. I, I got to run I mean, with Alabama because they're Alabama, and I just think they're going to show up and punch Auburn right in the face. I mean, even laying the points, it's just I just Alabama's going to win. I'll take that to the bank. I don't care what happens or. I, that's just me. I don't know. It's weird. I just—it's more of like a feel thing than the actual numbers and statistics. Yeah, Very why, is, odd, why is that so weird right now? Like, I feel the same way. Like, I'm not looking at any statistics or anything. I'm just like, Alabama's just going to show up and just—it's just going to happen, dude. I, you guys know I, I take notes. I do a lot of show prep and I write stuff down to try to bring different points to the show. This one I left completely blank. I'm not, I got no numbers. I got nothing for this one. And I don't know if it's, again, because of the position we're in and what we see. But, man, isn't Alabama going to win this game? Like, Alabama is going to win this game. It would shock me 
for Alabama to not win this game, just based on what Saban does, where this team has been. And Auburn looks great. Don't get me wrong. Auburn has accomplished a lot. I'm not dismissing them at all and anything that they've done to put themselves in this position. But, man, this feels as chalky, square, whatever you want to call it. But, goddamn, Alabama's (laughs) winning this game. I mean, I I, I just can't see it any other way. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Mo, what would be the reason that you would think they wouldn't win the game? I think running the ball. Uh, for some reason, Bama's kind of looked a little bit shaky on the defensive line. Uh, I don't know if it's been as far as injuries have went, um, but offensive lines have been moving them. They've been moving them, and you know teams have been getting off the ball, and they've been able to run. Mississippi um, but, State did a really good job of that, didn't they? Yeah, I thought. I even thought LSU did a, quite a number on them for most of the game. I mean, they just obviously they're inept on offense. They just couldn't get anything rolling. Uh, but Mississippi State, yeah, yeah that was. Jesus Christ, man, that was insane. They were getting off the ball against Alabama. I couldn't believe it. Um, but, you know, especially in a game like this where they're both looking forward to, I, it's from a coaching standpoint where Saban will dominate this game. Thank um, you. You know, yeah, that's where, I re- that's that's where I I, I'm really going with it. I went into the season before any of, like, sports started, and I figured that the Bama was going to win the, the national championship, the Patriots were going to win the Super Bowl again, and the Warriors were going to win the NBA championship. It's just like we're reading the same book over and over and over. Right. It's something that I've been thinking of. It's crazy. I agree, man. I don't think we need too much more analysis for that one right there. That's it's just we all have that feel. Alabama's gonna show up and roll tight. That's perfect. It would be it would it would be fun to see Auburn win to then see how this whole playoff and top four is gonna gonna come about because it's gonna really throw a monkey wrench yeah. into a lot of people's votes. And, up. Well look at that, man. That was a good top five for the Saturday games, but I got a little bonus game for you guys. I got my two alma maters playing each other. The Civil War right here in the state of Nevada. You got UNR, a.k.a. Reno, going against Las Vegas UNLV. Uh, The game is in Nevada this year, and they won the cannon. That's what they play for. It's the cannon. They won it last year, so they got it up there in Reno. It's painted blue. Nevada's minus two and a half at home. It's number 182, number 181, 182. I'm looking at this matchup, man. I've been watching these two teams really closely pretty much all year, and you, I don't see any way that UNR wins this game. I mean, other than the fact that it's in Reno, and maybe they get hit with like some crazy weather because I, I lived up in Reno from t- for about four years. And their weather gets crazy sometimes. It just catches you off guard. Outside of that, like, and something astronomical happened, UNLV is the better team. Nevada has two wins on the season, and they're against the only other two teams that are worse than they are, San Jose State, who is just <laughs> god-awful. Jesus and, Christ. Uh, <laughs> and they, they won a, a shootout with Hawaii that was just maddening and went down to the wire. So it's one of those things to where – UNLV has looked better. They they haven't reached to the point that we all ex- expect them to get with Tony Sanchez and like all this sort of stuff, but they're definitely improved a little bit this year to the point to where I am very, 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 very confident UNLV wins the cannon, brings it home, and paints it red. How in the hell did UNLV win that game last week against New Mexico? New Mexico didn't even pass the ball. It was they New Mexico. Ran every play... And yeah, it was New Mexico. I mean, they they were leading by five with a minute to go, and somehow UNLV went down the field and scored a touchdown. I, I was shocked. I was 
watching the game at the end, and I said, I, I don't believe this. That has to have some momentum carry over into the rivalry game, I would think. Right. So, I, I, I would say I can't believe I can't believe UNR is favored. This is one of those games where where's the game? All right, it's UNR. Boy, both teams stink. This is a D grip <laughs> special, maybe on the total. Uh, I mean, bet it over. Expect a lot of scoring. We'll, we'll use Mo's line. Refresh your phone. There's going to be a score every eight minutes or so, and. <laughs> I guess take the dog. How in the hell can you take UNR minus three and like be okay with that at the window when you grab the ticket? I don't know. Mo, you got anything with this one? Yeah, I. It's 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 tough, man. I UNLV. It's been so up and down all year. I can't believe they even have a chance to get into a bowl. Um, exactly. I've been to three games this year, and they lost all three games. So my heart was broken in every single one of them. So don't. Go so to the wait, game. They, are they playing for a bowl? Right, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yes. UNLV is playing for a bowl with a win. They win the cannon and the bowl, or and they get to a bowl is what I mean. Oh right. my gosh, it's got to be a play on them then. Yeah, I just they're going to be able to run the ball at will, and Lexington Thomas should be on national spotlight in this game, um, just as well as UNLV if they get it done. Uh, if they get to a bowl, it'd be almost uh, halfway to a miracle. Uh, but, yeah, Nevada actually has been – they've looked better through the season, but they've just yeah, – they can't stop a nosebleed. It's it's insane <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on. I know uh, their coach, Jay Norvell, has been, you know, preaching better days, but uh, UNLV's got all the momentum coming in, so they should be ready to roll. That's my rivalry special right there. I've been to this game about four or five times. I've been to when they've actually painted the cannon. Um, I'm – I'm actually going to be flying back to Vegas. I'm going to go be in Reno for Thanksgiving, and I'm actually flying back to Vegas right when the game is about to start, so I'm not going to be able to actually go to the game. But as soon as I get off the plane, I'm going to be watching it. I'll be updating my phone, and I agree with you. It's a degress special. These games almost always go over, just be, just for the rivalry aspect of it. It's going to be up and down the field. Um, so, yeah, I would say take the no, over and definitely play UNLV. No 21-point lead is safe. No, right. point it is safe, man. It, it's it's gonna be, it should be fireworks. I'm I'm actually happy you brought it up. So yeah, I'm excited for that one too, Griff. There we go, man. That's that's the college whoop, college football for uh, feast week, I guess. Right, rivalry. Beautiful. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out, uh, D Griff, to our boy Rick, our, our one of our biggest fans and listeners. He oh, fired yeah. off a uh, a quick play for us. He loves San Diego State this week, laying the big number. They're laying 20 points, and he says that no way will New Mexico stop Richard Penny and says the guy was snubbed by the Doak Walker Award, Maxwell Award. He's leading the nation in rushing at all-purpose yards. He's going to run for – he said he's going to run for 300 yards and five touchdowns. So <laughs> that's one you got to put on, on a circle, too, and uh, look to lay a big number, but – New Mexico, they don't even pass the ball. Who knew? Right. You can make a case that New Mexico could possibly be the worst team in the Mountain West. I know San Jose State's there, but I'm telling you, man, New Mexico has been pretty bad all year. It's insane. Well, I it's like our insane. boy Rick. He gave us a winner last week uh, that we gave out. And I actually had a guy take Rick's play and was like, hey, is Rick going to be on the show now? <laughs> because he got be a winner. I love it. So we appreciate the love, Rick. And uh, 128 San Diego State. I'm rocking with it. We got bonus. We got bonus pro football. It's Thanksgiving. 
going to be sitting down eating your turkey. Hopefully it's deep fried like mine's going to be because then it's the most juiciest. So we're going to take a really quick break. And when we get back, we're going to try to see if we can get Alan Berg on the show and get to the pro, get to the, the pro football talk. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Perfect. So let me just say a quick thank you to Mo having him on the show. Put a little round of applause in there. You're always good job, welcome. Mo. <laughs> you did a really good job yeah. this time. No, I appreciate it, man. I feel like every other time it gets better. Um, you know, if, if I'm going to tell anybody, just keep shooting, keep sweating out plays, man. <laughs> That's it, My baby. Man, Mo. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with you. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it is almost Thanksgiving, so let's go over the Turkey Bowl games. I don't know about you guys, but every year we, me and our buddies would get together on Thanksgiving and have like the Turkey Bowl. We'd go to the park and play football. And about like three years back, like I twisted my knee and like literally took my cleats and threw them into traffic. So I was so mad. I was like, I'm never coming back and playing with you guys ever again. And I haven't been back. That's what happens in all the Turkey Bowls. We had the same thing. <laughs> and um, I was two years removed from college or three years. I was 25. And my brother was still in college, and he said, we're all getting together and going to play. So we would go and play in Pittsburgh. It's like 36 degrees. The field we're playing on is ice. It's already frozen, so it's hard. We show up, and we're playing against a bunch of, like, bricklayers, cement guys. I mean, we're talking, like, <laughs> lurch, lurch guys. We play, and we actually end up losing in the last play of the game. We drove home. I could not lift my fork to my mouth to eat turkey because I was so sore. That was the last turkey bowl I played. I said, never <laughs> again, ever. So I know that one retired me as well. There you go. Well, for all my turkey bowl people out there, just be safe this Thursday. Do not, uh, hopefully, no, no tears or no head concussions or anything like that. Just have fun and um, make sure just you can get Just play two-hand touch, right? Yeah, there you go. Make sure you can get home and lift your arms yeah, up and eat the I'll turkey. just play two-hand touch. Right. <laughs> well, we got a couple games here to feast on, I guess, if you want to say that. I don't love them either way too much. Uh, the best game we're going to see is going to be this Detroit matchup. Detroit at home um, to the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is actually favored, minus three. And the over-under is 44 and a half. And thankfully, we have Alan Berg back on the show. How are you doing, my friend? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Uh, here to talk a little little NFL. Sweet. Well, I'm going to go to you first then. What do you think of this matchup, Detroit at home against Minnesota? Well, the interesting thing for me is that the line opened up Detroit minus one, and we're already at Minnesota minus three. Uh that's a huge move. Uh, I know the game's Thursday, but I, I was very stunned by that. Um, I, I'm not crazy about this one. I, I feel like it's tough to not bet Minnesota the way they're playing. Um, they they did play at Detroit last year, same game. So I feel like they'll be a little bit more prepared, probably Mike Zimmer's coaching, all this stuff. So I, I think it's a total pass. I don't like anything really about it. Uh, if I did anything, I'd probably play the over. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I, I like that idea of the over. Um, Minnesota's been putting up points the last couple of weeks, which is 
some, not something that we're really used to or accustomed to to seeing out in Minnesota, but I like it. Detroit at home, they'll be able to put up points. I like the over. Um, to be honest, man, I really like Detroit in this matchup. Like you said, the line actually opened up at at a Detroit minus one, and I thought that was where right around where it should be. They've played already once this season. Detroit actually beat Minnesota in Minnesota, so I like I like Detroit at home in this uh, Turkey Bowl matchup. What about you, Dave? Uh, Detroit is on a five out of their last six have gone over the total. So I like the thinking there with the, uh, with the total going over Detroit's last three games were at green Bay home against Cleveland and at Chicago. Um, that's their three game winning streak. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to call that, uh, not exactly, not exactly quality opponents. Minnesota, on the other hand, won at Washington and at home against the Rams. So I like them taking the defense in the show on the road in this one. I think the move was pretty pretty aggressive and quick to get to three, but because the game's on Thursday, they have to we you know we have to get to a number where we maybe can get some money on Detroit. So I see the move you know getting there is just a little little aggressive. But the side for me in this was Minnesota. I really, really liked the defense. Well, let me ask you guys one quick question. Is this Minnesota team a much different team than the one that Detroit faced earlier in the season? I don't know. I mean, Minnesota, doesn't it look like they have a lot more continuity offensively? Like, you know, they lost Cook early, and they were still trying to figure everything out when they played against Detroit, right? So now... Everything's kind of established. I mean, Thielen is, is he arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL? They really have a lot of things working offensively. Okay, well, at least it sounds like we had a consistency on the over. So let's rock with that. Um, next game on the docket, it's a game that I'm not going to bet because I'm still on my Charger strike. But it's the L.A. Chargers <laughs> at the Dallas Cowboys. It looks like they actually had the Chargers favored by one at some places, and then other places have it as a pick 'em. The over/under is forty-eight. Have we really gotten to a point to where now the Chargers are favored on the road to Dallas? Is Dallas falling that far from grace without Ezekiel Elliott? Dude, I don't know if it's because of Ezekiel Elliott or um, uh, what's the linebacker's name, Lee. Oh, Dude, Sean you Lee. Were, yeah. Sean Lee. They can't cover for anybody without him on the field. They, 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 the defense, I mean, they played Philly pretty tough in the first half last week. They were up 9-7. The defense played well. Yep. Second half completely worn down, couldn't do anything right, and got run out of their own building. Now they're at home, Thanksgiving, the big traditional game where everybody bets Dallas. No play here for me, but if I had to pick a side, it's Chargers. And... Al's our Dallas kind of guy. He's been zoning in on those games pretty good. Al, you got any opinion on this one? Uh, I think this one just comes down to whether or not the Cowboys left tackle Tyron Smith plays or not. Um, They still had a lot of trouble picking off those blitzes, and you could tell it's affecting Dak. Uh, Des Bryant's a shell of the player he was. Um, He dropped a ball that could have got him a touchdown in that game that you know des bryant usually makes those catches Mm -hmm. uh terrence williams is trash cole beasley can't get open (laughs) uh you know things are just the problem is kind of what what dave pointed out there sean lee uh and then tyron smith and ezekiel elliott 
those might literally be the three best players on the Dallas Cowboys. Right. So you subtract those guys from that team, and, I mean, they're just not as good. Uh, that said, Dak, I think, can compete in this game if his guys will actually catch the football. Because Terrence Williams had, I think, like two or three drops in the first quarter of that game, and they just never got in a rhythm. So a four, the first quarter is going to be a big deal. I think the, uh, that that's going to determine what's going to happen in that game another game i like over though i think this might be a fun thanksgiving where you can just kind of bet teams to score uh the chargers d is great but I, i'd go over well yeah this is one of those games that where i'm looking at it and we're gonna we're tempted to talk about dallas so much because it is dallas it's the thursday it's the thanksgiving game that they always host and they're going through their issues but is the chargers really for real and I'm looking at them, and, and they, they have not impressed me. They beat up on the Bills last week, but, yeah, because the guy threw – the Bills had, like, just madness going on with their with their quarterback situation and everything like that. But outside of that, I can't sit here and say the Chargers are supposed to be able to scare you on the road going to play any team, really, at this point. So going into Dallas in a matchup that Dallas loves to play at home and loves to win – I I have to love Dallas. It actually opened up with Dallas being the favorite. They were opened up as minus three favorite. And it's another one of those ga- those games that ran really fast to the other side. Kind of like what you said, Dave. Just because it's a Thursday game, you got to move the number quickly. I really, really, really like Dallas. I'll leave you with this: before the Ezekiel Elliott suspension, the look ahead line for this that we had at our place was Dallas minus eight and a half. Yeah. That was two, that was two weeks ago. So, with his suspension and those other guys being injured, and you're right, Al, the receiving core of the Cowboys is not even in first string, second string. Nobody can catch the ball. Jason Witten is a dinosaur. He's not even an option. They don't even look to throw him the ball. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's going to catch the ball. So, I, I, I side with you with the over, but. I don't know how many points the Cowboys are going to score. Well, two two quick points. Chargers don't have a signature win, but the weird thing about them is they have a quarterback, they they can rush the passer, and they can run the ball, and those those factors are always putting them live in any game they play as far as I'm concerned. But secondly, just hearing that number, Dave, of what you said it was two weeks ago, man, that makes me want to take Dallas, though. Right. I mean, for sure. that's such a huge swing, especially <laughs> if that left tackle plays. I, I feel like that will help. Dak's confidence and and maybe they can work in some easier throws for him with that pass rush they're going to have coming at him um last matchup for the for Thanksgiving it's Washington at home against the New York Giants Washington is minus seven and a half you can get seven at some places seven minus 120 um over under 44 and a half this is a, a line that's gone down actually from Washington from Washington minus nine down to seven now um, I'm gonna go to you first on this one, Al. I don't really have an opinion on it either way. It's a game I'm probably gonna stay away from. I probably won't even watch it. What about you? What do you think about it? Uh, I look at it like the Redskins need this game. The Giants, uh, you know, they they had their nice win last week, uh, but they didn't look very good. Uh, Washington will miss Chris Thompson, which that's a little scary laying those kind of points without him in that offense. I'm not sure uh, that that probably will affect this team. But I, if I had to pick a side, I'd pick Washington, but I'm not super confident in it, that's for sure. All right, Dave, this game is at 5.30. Are you going to be watching it? Is it going to be on your TV? What are you, what are you scouting out? There is zero chance that I'll be watching this. I, will be, <laughs> I, I am working the entire day at Thanksgiving, and then I'm going to Grandma's house to eat, 
and they're not going to have this on. So I'm not watching it. Um, I can't. I'm still trying to figure out how in the hell Washington lost the game last week to the Saints. Um, mm. the, the end of that game had me completely befuddled. I really thought Washington was going to win the game outright, and then I thought, all right, well now they're going to cover. And now, wait a second, they lost the game. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. The, you know, they they go on the road, win at Seattle. They play a very competitive game against Minnesota. And then they go to New Orleans. It's a tough stretch. And they had the game won and blew it in the last three minutes. Um, the Giants really are garbage. But their defense is good. Uh, I think it stays close. I can't believe it. Last week we were all over the Giants, all three of us, to take the points, take the points. I don't know. Um, if i got to pick a side in this, which I don't want to do, I, I would lean towards the dog. Okay. Yeah, just take the points and try to get out of there, huh? Yeah, I can't get mad at that. Um, again, if I had to pick something in this, I'd probably take it under. This would be the one game out of the three that I would take under, mostly just for the fact that the Giants' defense is salvageable. They'll be able to keep it a low-scoring game, and usually if you have low-scoring games like that, you're going to want to take the points in those kind of matchups. So um, there, there is that. But, yeah, the under is the only thing I could think to imagine in this game because any game that I'm not going to want to watch – I think it's going to be a snooze fest. Is more than likely going to be an under. Kirk Cousins is going to look great in Pittsburgh next year. I can't <laughs> wait. I really, really hope Alan is right about that. He's going to look great in black and gold. Look at that. Alan speaking it into existence, you know, man. You know what I heard, though, Big Dave, is that uh, Tyrod Taylor's from the same part of the country as Mike Tomlin. Stop. Stop. Oh. A lot cheaper, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and a lot worse. Please don't do that. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, don't be, great. don't be, don't be bad to my man Tyron. I, I was, I find some good stuff online about him that I'll, uh, I'll tweet out to you guys that he actually has not thrown an interceptable pass all season. Yeah, yeah. I saw that you tweeted that. That's that's pretty incredible. You said something that he's got three interceptions and all three of them were the receiver's fault. Yeah, one bounced off Charles Clay's chest, one bounced off his hands in the end zone. And, um, and I mean, his receivers are terrible. They, the guy shows this thing. He's got this incredible breakdown that he does for each quarterback in the league. And, uh, yeah, Tyrod, I, I apparently I've been disrespected in the guy. I mean, I never thought he was terrible, but, I mean, I, I didn't think he was as good as this. And maybe if he had some talent around him at, at the wideout position, maybe we would see more from him. Yeah, anytime you have to trade for Kelvin Benjamin to be your number one receiver midway through the season, you've got some issues. I'll give you guys that. I don't know. I mean, the Peterman thing was it, it was borderline like tragic watching it. I mean, not having a ticket on the Chargers, it was great. But yeah. I'm watching a guy playing going, all right, when do you pull him? Like enough already. And then you got the guy that you bench sitting on the sideline. You're telling him, all right, now you can go back in. You, you almost wanted him to go, you know what? My my ankle hurts. I can't go. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it really. went from it went from comical to kind of kind of like tragic. Like you said, it was like at first you're like, wow, he's already thrown two picks. Wow, now he's throwing three picks, and you're like, see, it's just bonehead move by that coach. And then he throws four, and then he throws five, and then you're starting to feel bad for Nate. Then you're like, okay, this kid shouldn't be in there. Like you get to a point to where 
it goes from, all right, this was a bad decision by the coach to, man, get that kid out of there before you damage him, like, irreparably. Right. I mean, if you're in the NHL and you give up three goals on four shots or, or, four, or a fourth goal, you're pulled. It doesn't matter if yeah. you're the best Hall of Fame goalie ever. You're gone. That's it. It's not your day. Get out. He left him play the whole first half. I was like, oh, my God. It was great for having a Charger ticket, but, man, that was brutal to watch. The, the sick part is I, it sounds more and more like each press conference he's doing, he's considering starting this kid again. As I know. Like, I you know, read between the lines. It's madness. And I'm like, I'm like sitting there. If I'm the Bills owner, and I've talked about this before on the cast, this is why I can't own teams or be coaches. I would have fired the coach at halftime because I'm like, you, if you're going to bench a guy and you're the sixth seed in the AFC, like, how can you put him in and he performs that poorly? That that tells me that you're terrible at evaluating things. Because right, I really it wasn't, thought we were going to see something. You you put him in a position to fail, kind of. I mean, San Diego's or San Diego. I still call him San Diego, and I will. That we'll just keep that theme <laughs> on the show. They they have a good, you know, pass rush. Now they're going to Kansas City, who's coming off a loss at the Giants. You're going to put this kid on the road at Arrowhead? I mean, use your brain, man. Come on. It doesn't matter. He can't go play now. Yeah. We're going to have we're going to have Chiefs minus 9.5 for the game, and if Peterman starts, it's going to be minus 14 in the first half. Right. <laughs> <laughs> first time ever in Vegas history where the first half is a bigger number than the game. Right. <laughs> oh man i can't take it oh this was fun guys this is very very fun well that's all we have for our tuesday show yeah uh i'm just gonna throw it in real quick if you guys aren't paying any attention especially all the vegas locals hockey team here is for real that game against the kings on sunday night was unbelievable and you really got to start taking advantage of betting opportunities al's writing a column every week in the gaming today about the vegas knights and their their uh, look ahead for the week in their games at home before the the lines makers adjust you got to start looking at making plays on the nights at spe- especially anything less than uh even money or, or short 120 price because they are playing some serious hockey right now definitely something to look at going forward oh there you go i'm gonna have to start reading that column then um, I started betting them early in early in the season, and then they had like that three game losing streak, and I kind of got off of them. So I got to get back on them again because I did see that game, and that was a really really big win. They are in it for real. Perfect. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. I just want to say thank you to all all of our listeners and everyone who's given us feedback. I promise we're listening to every bit of it. We're translating it through the three of us and trying to determine what's the best for our show and just trying to make it better. So please continue to listen. Please continue to share and please continue to give us your feedback. I just want to say have a happy and wonderful Thanksgiving to everyone, every one of the listeners. I hope you have good food and, um, and spend time with your families. And I also want to say thank you to Mo money, Mo toy for coming on the show, blessing us again. And, uh, thank you to Al, they, they don't know what you do, Al, but we know what you do. And we just want to say thank you. And I always got to give a big thank you to Dave. Um, you're the reason why this show goes the way it goes. And it's so good. I appreciate you every time. And that, that'll that be my Thanksgiving. Sounds good, brother. That's uh, definitely wish all the listeners a, a big Thanksgiving. And then, you know, I don't want to leave you out. All the work you do for the show 
and it continues to grow, continues to get better. Um, just keep sharing and keep uh, keep responding. I mean, I, I'm getting text plays, and you know, I had a guy come in and round robin parlay our our games this week. He picked the right week to do it, man. We're smoking hot on the big three by the big three. So he's going to be pretty happy. So keep it up, listeners. And you two, personally, both have a great Thanksgiving. All right. With that being said, coming to you from all different points of Las Vegas, always Vegas strong. This is Cast Considerations.